ironoverload.io presents Iron Overload No Bullshit Podcast with your co-host Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the UG info like you've never heard before. No bullshit, no lies, straight hardcore truth. A bodybuilding podcast like you never heard before. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, ironoverload.io hardcore episode 46 today we're going to talk about what are our favorite sarms and ways to use them so mobster and i um you know we have our favorite sarms and we'll uh, we'll kind of stick to those for the most part on this podcast and then we'll name a couple more that um we do but really you know that for me i i've tried all of these and uh, they all have different benefits so we're going to kind of touch on our personal experiences with them I'm at Mobster jump in first. So Mobster, talk about GW. GW, Steve, is probably the song that nearly everybody that's ever used the song has tried. I, I, we, we talked about in a previous show, the number one, number two selling peptides. I think GW must be the number one. Uh, if not, it's got to be real, real close to number one selling peptide. Sorry, Sam. Um, guys, what does GW do? Right, so... Steve and I have talked about this online. I, I Here's the way that I like to phrase it, Steve. I think it's an energy enhancer. So it's not a stimulant like, say, for example, caffeine or any of the other stimulants you're going to take that kind of agitate you, make you feel slightly irritated and, and loving you up in that particular way. Equally, it's not metabolizing fats, not releasing energy as such. But at the same time, what does it do? You should be dieting. You should be doing conditioning work. And, and the way... I, Steve will give a better uh, a scientific description. Well, I like to think of it's like it makes the diet and the training and the cardio easier. You seem to have more energy doing. So what it's probably kind of doing, and, and again, Steve can touch on the science side of this, is enhancing the diet, enhancing the cardio. And the sense of energy that I know Steve's described before, it seems to be something that's very common across all the users. And especially to use that phrase when you're on a cut, when you're looking to get into shape. Like I said, it's not a fat burner. It's not a stimulant as such. Dosaging, this is something that I've touched upon before. We see this with PEDs all the time, Steve, where uh, I'm literally still reading some Iron Game history stuff right now. And bodybuilders, and for that matter, strength athletes, and anybody in the Iron Game, have always, because of our nature, because of why we live in and why we do what we do, we always seem to have that, if a little bit's good, then the more is better. Here's the thing, guys. I, I have yet to see any serious evidence, bro science, whatever you want to call it, when you ask or question these guys, come up with a, I needed more than the 20 milligrams. That seems to be the effective optimal dose to use GW cardarine than then 25 or 30 or 40. Steve, talk about the science because I think you've got a better handle on this than I have as to how it actually works. So GW501516, cardarine, not, it's actually not a selective androgen receptor module. So it's not a SARM. It's actually a drug. That's how I would categorize it first. So treat it like a drug. Don't treat it like a hormone because it's not yeah. hormonal. And the way it works is, look, at the end of the day, it's going to cause your body to use energy in a different way. So, yes, as Monster said, it's not a stimulant. You're not going to take it and rev up your heart rate. It's actually going to help you push more and use less of your heart in the process. So let's say you're running around the track 
and you get you're running at the same speed and you're you're getting your heart rate up to 140. Okay. Well, if you take GW and you're on it for like a week, you take it daily for a week leading up to that run and you do it again, you're going to run the same speed and your heart rate's only going to get up to like 125. So what happened there? You're able to push more with less effort. So you're able yes. to basically run that lap in the same amount of time without getting your heart rate elevated so much. So that's going to basically cause you to increase your endurance, increase your win. So you'll be able, when you're weight training, you're doing a set, you get to your last set and you're like, oh my God, my heart, you know, my heart rate's racing like crazy. Well, cardarine's going to allow you to push another rep that you wouldn't normally be able to rep in the weight room, or it's going to help you push more when you're running. So instead of doing a mile in 10 minutes, you'll be able to do a mile in 930, for example. So that's how, that's how it works in the body. So you know, it's really, really interesting. And then the same thing with the next one we're going to talk about, SR9009. So SR9009 also, it's a drug. It's not a SARM. It's not a peptide. It's not anything like that. It's actually just a drug that was created to work. And the way these things work, GW is an agonist for the PPAR receptor. Well, SR9009 works the same way. So it's basically the same thing. In, in this case, it's an agonist of the Rev ERBA. So it's very similar the way GW works. The difference with the SR9009, the way I look at it, is it's more for endurance, where GW is more for fat loss over time and also endurance as well. But SR is much better for endurance because it has a much shorter peak much shorter half-life. So basically you're able to take it ahead of your run or ahead of your cardio or ahead of your weight training, whatever. And it's going to basically give you a spike in that effect where GW is something where it's a 24 hour half-life. You take it once a day or you take it three hours before your workout. But SR, you can take it like 30 minutes to 60 minutes before your workout, before you run, and it will give you those effects in your body. So it's basically cheating. If you're a runner and you're running with a running group and everybody runs 10 minute miles and then you start taking this stuff, you're going to be running in the nine mile group before you know it, like really, really quick. And everyone in the 10 mile group is like, hey, dude, you sold us out. What happened? You know, you know, you're like, yeah, man, you know, I've been working hard, you know. Well, this is cheating. You're basically going to work less hard for the same effects. But if you work harder, you're going to get more effects. So we've seen this. With, uh, with GW and SR9009. The harder you work on them, the better your diet, the more of the effects multiply and it's a domino effect. Yeah. Monster, I mean, finish up we, on that. Yeah. And talk about and then move on to MK677. Yeah. If we were talking about steroids, Steve, we say all, all forms of steroids are forms of testosterone and they're all going to have uh, more or less anabolic androgenic effects. This is exactly the same situation. So it's boosting your, and Steve's like I said, whether you're making the, the same distance run easier or faster or greater distance you're still running and so both sr and gw are different ways of attacking different aspects of your cardio of your ability to run and of course again especially if you're using that cardio as a way of burning fat and of cutting down so it's a it's, it's kind of like I, I like to use analogy when we sometimes talk about psalms and pds and whatever else as different tools from the toolbox but essentially, you're, you're increasing or boosting your performance in a certain particular aspect 
uh, and coming at it from a slightly different way. And again, this is down to individual response and usage and so on and so forth. MK677, Steve, Ibutamorin or Nutribol. Yep, guys, it can be confusing sometimes when you get these different names. So by all means, as always, doing your own research, double-checking that you're, you're, when you're looking at something. And something else, I want to say this as well, Steve, when it comes to Psalms or things that are even being sold as Psalms, there's a bunch of companies out there that are producing supplements which have names like Psalms or like steroids. Avoid. If it's not the right spelling or it's a name that you're confused by, double-check before you buy it. Or, of course, come online, come on to IO, double-check, and we'll give you the right information. MK677, Steve. I'm using it right now. Uh, we've discussed it in the pre-show. I'm using 20 milligrams a day. Steve said some people 25, 30, as high as 50 milligrams a day. Sweet spot for me, because I seem to do quite well on low dosages of PEDs, as we talked about before, many shows. What did I find and why am I using it? Well, firstly, uh, and certainly initially, Steve, my appetite went crazy for a couple of days. So you can use it as an appetite booster. So especially for you skinny, underweight guys and girls that want to put on weight. For me, that effect didn't last. My appetite seems to be about where it's going to sit for a minute and hasn't got, haven't got that crazy, oh, my God, what the hell's that? I'm eating everything that's not got a pulse anymore, which happens right at the beginning some of you and i have seen uh, feedback on this find it simulates the appetite all the time again that might be dosage dependent so for example if 50 milligrams is driving you crazy back off again for me 20 milligrams works really well the other thing and i'm, I'm specifically using it more for that because i certainly don't need to stimulate my appetite any more than it already is and that's for its mild growth hormone boosting properties steve and specifically uh, for aid in recovery. That's obviously because you're pounding the weights in the gyms, guys. You're absolutely killing it. And for tissue repair, and I'm thinking specifically of injuries. We've touched this in another show when we were talking about peptides just shortly. Um, if you're doing crazy stuff in the gym, guys, your risk of injuries is real high. Uh, you're going to get those minor tweaks and pains and strains and stuff that can go away. You should rest and rehab them. I've got a frozen shoulder. I'm trying to pound the fuck out of it for bench press. So I'm thinking, right, then I want something like MK677, which is exactly why I'm using it, to help me speed up the recovery of the frozen shoulder and keep me on point as I approach a big number for me on the bench press. So, yes, Dave, I mean, have you used MK67? Any experience of this yourself? Yeah, so, yeah, I've used it. Um, for me, the appetite was just annoying. So I tell people... If the appetite is something that's going to annoy you, then run it at night. This way you can kind of go to sleep and it won't bother you. But if you run it in the morning, yes. it's really yes. annoying. Like the appetite, yeah. you're like, oh, it's hungry, no matter how much you eat. But what's weird is when, even when you eat a lot on it, um, I was eating like 500,000 more calories a day. I wasn't even gaining any fat on it. So it's very interesting. So the way it changes your body's hormones um, it's that growth hormone effect, uh, the, the, you know, the leptin, the ghrelin effects where it makes you hungrier, but it's also helping burn fat at the same time. So it's a fascinating steroid. I think it's a great option uh, for a lot of you out there. And also good for recovery and healing and healing injuries too, because of the growth hormone effects. So at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be a lot cheaper and a lot easier than injecting human growth hormone basically is what, what the 
what the objective was of, of this. Massively so, Steve. Absolutely massively so. And as again, guys, uh, you don't have to like pinning. Uh, as Steve says, the expense of growth hormone, which is a super effective, of course, can be hundreds of dollars a month. Uh, typically, I think in the UK here, Steve, a monthly, uh, I'm just thinking, for example, in Crohn's and colitis, I, I would see numbers like $500 a month with the UK equivalent. And that's every single month. MK677 is nowhere close to that. And again, it's, as with a lot of these things, a mild growth hormone booster. Do not expect to get super lean if you're injecting into the lower belly. Don't expect an injury to recover overnight and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you're, you are aiding that particular point of recovery. I will touch on what Steve said again with regards to the appetite. That was one of the suggestions we come up with recently, Steve. I take mine in the morning. And as I said, it actually has calmed down. But if it is a problem, I reckon what Steve said, definitely take it at night, literally just before you go to bed. Uh, you, you have a typical release of growth hormone in the night time as part of the whole re body recovering process, and you'll be boosting that. And, of course, that's when you're supposed to be recovering and resting anyway. And slightly elevated levels of uh, growth hormone, I believe, enhance your sleep as is. So there's there's one for you. What about uh, touching on Osterine, Steve, and your experience on that particular one? Osterine uh, is one that a lot of guys like to use. It's a good for lean muscle mass. It's good for recovery as well. Uh, it's good for repair. A lot of people like to stack it with the MK677 if they're looking to repair. And a lot of people like to stack it with other SARMs or use it solo to gain lean muscle mass. So it's a really good one. I like Osterine. It's got low side effects. It's not going to mess with your appetite. So if you want to really just run something very mild with low side effects, it's a really good option. Anywhere between 25 up to 50 milligrams per day on the Osterine. In the old days, we used to run more 25 milligrams. Nowadays, guys are getting more aggressive with it and they're running closer to 50. So it just depends. But it's a really, really cheap SARM. And it's a very popular SARM as well. Just an overall, just solid SARM, I would say. I, I'd put it that way. It's like you're... Um, it's like just a normal, normal SARM. It's not going to do anything super special, but it's going to do a, a, a little bit of everything right. So you definitely want to check that one out as well. And then LGD4033, um, a lot of people don't, don't really know that LGD, that was the first SARM really we would use in the fitness industry, in the bodybuilding industry back in the day. You know, 15 uh, or yeah, 15 years ago when SARMs first started, you know, uh, hitting the market for, for athletes, just normal, normal gym bros. Before that, these products were used kind of under the radar. A lot of people who were athletes and Olympians and stuff would use it and they really kept it a secret from everyone else. But once, you know, the, uh, organizations, you know, WADA and all these, all these organizations started banning it. That's when people started figuring out, Hmm, maybe we should, we should look into this stuff. So LGD is, is one of the bread and butter SARMs out there. Um, you use it anywhere from 10 to 20 milligrams a day. Um, you can literally just run it solo for 10 milligrams a day for eight weeks, 12 weeks, and get really good results with lean muscle mass. Um, and it's really good. If you want to like do cardio on it, it's not going to mess with your cardio negatively. It'll, it'll, it'll just overall and if you want to do like heavy cardio, you could do LGD and GW together and they really would go good. You lose fat, you boost your, your endurance, and you would also uh, grow lean muscle mass on the LGD. So it's really, really a good one. You have LGD 4033 and you have LGD 4 3033. 
So some, 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 uh, SARMs sources are selling that. So as always come on the forums, ironoverload.io, and you can find a legitimate source for these SARMs. And we'll touch on that a little bit at the end. Mobster will kind of talk about that toward the end of the podcast about getting legitimate SARMs and the difference. And because we, a lot of SARMs out there are fake, but we'll get into that toward the end of the podcast to remind you guys. So Mobster, why don't you touch on that a little bit? Talk about YK11 and RAD. YK11 or YK11, as Steve said, I, I'm kind of torn on this one because I know it's quite popular, Steve, and I know why it's popular. But I, I'm kind of torn on this. So you and I talked about this on a pre-show before we started recording the podcast today. So what does YK11 do? So here's the thing, guys. There's an argument to be made for YK11 properly. And I'll, I'll just let me read this off the top of the, the, what I'm looking at for so synthetic steroidal selective androgen receptor modulator gene selective partial agonist of the androgen receptor and does not induce the physical interaction between ntd slash af1 and so on and so forth I've, i mean i can read all that stuff out to you guys here's why uh, athletes are using it and i can understand why it's popular but i'm going to touch on why i disagree uh, in that particular regard so the suggestion is Will help to inhibit inhibit the production of myostatin in the muscle, easing the muscle uh, to create more FST, thus increasing muscle growth. Problem, and Steve and I have touched on this when we talked about this on the forums. So basically, simple description: we YK11 is a myostatin inhibitor. I don't think so. Um, I would actually say it's probably mildly anabolic. And the reason why I disagree about the myostatin inhibition is because as Steve and I discussed many times on online, on the forums, on IO, we've said, look, a true myostatin inhibitor would affect every single muscle in the body. That's the heart and uh, your bicep, your chest, your quads, everything, the whole body. It wouldn't be, it would almost certainly not be site-specific because that doesn't exist yet. If it did, it would be great. You could inject something to your biceps, your biceps would grow, but your pecs and your delts would stay the same. Uh, because your heart's a muscle, there's a potential for heart growth over and above what we already get as athletes and PED users and so on and so forth. So I, I will disagree. It may well fact, in the lab, in test, in, in a Petri dish show uh, myostatin inhibition, uh, possibly very, very localized, but at a low level. Whereas what I suspect it does is act as a mild anabolic. So in principle, it appears to work in one way. In practice, I suspect it works another way. That's why it's still popular. Uh, throw in the dosages, Steve, before I move on to the next one. So 10 milligrams is the basic dosage. Some guys go a little higher, 15 or 20. But 10 is usually uh, the sensible dose. And the same thing with the next one, RAD. Some, you know, 10 milligrams is the standard dose. Some, some goes 15 to 20. Now, females... By the way, you know, some of you listening to this are females or you have a girlfriend, wife, whatever that wants to use. I always say half the dose would be. So if we say 10 milligrams on a SARM, female run five milligrams. And that would be a dose that she could run um, with the exception of GW and SR, because those aren't SARMs and those are not hormonal. So other than that, yeah, I'd always I aim for half the dosage that we recommend. On the Red 140, this is something that's super popular, Steve, and it's certainly one that I might actually consider at some point in the future as opposed to using an oral or injectable uh, steroid. Uh, let me read the list of benefits. Increasing muscle mass, 
in proven speed and endurance during high intensity training. There may be a, uh, a contractile, uh, faster contraction of the muscle fibers going on there. A stronger anabolic effect than testosterone? I don't think so. I think it's one of those dose dependent things, but it's certainly an alternate, and guys are getting a good results from it. Reduce the side effects of testosterone. Again, uh, would that be mean, for example, could be used in PCT, or should you take it at the same time? Make sure you do your research on that one and help reduce weight by increasing fat loss. I suspect this is what we're looking at here, guys. Mildly anabolic, but at the same time drying you out and leaning you out. And those of you that use it and giving us this kind of feedback. So it's those particular things. Dosage, as Steve says, doesn't have to be crazy. Uh, and this is one of the ones, because we're going to touch on one more in a minute, where I would say this is not anabolic or sort of so steroid steroid like as such uh whereas the next one s23 is and i i'll get steve to jump back in here in a second but specifically i want to make a point with s23 right so dylan on the forums is our psalms expert big time uh, knows more probably about them than steve and i put together and the amount of times i've seen uh, dylan jump on and you must not use in his opinion if you're under a certain age. Now, we have a particular recommendation. We normally say 25 years of age for endocrine growth. You're, you're, you're basically physically matured for steroids. We, we, we There's a little bit of leeway in there, Steve, when we talk about 21, 22 years of age for most of the SARM, selective androgen receptor modulators. S23 is the one where the kind of red flag comes up because it is steroid-like and should be treated as such. And therefore, Dylan, as a, as a SARMs expert, says, do not use if you're younger. Wait till you're fully physically mature. Talk about the why that is, Stephen, and the dosage and the, and the benefits specifically of S23. Yeah, I use S23, a uh, very, very strong SARM. Um, I was really amazed. Um, I was actually one of the first people to use this stuff years ago, um, use legitimate S23. And uh, one of the sources at the time sent me you know, a vial and like, Steve, you know, try this stuff out. You'll be amazed. And I was like three, four days on it. And I swear, like my lifts at the gym all increased. I was like, wow, this stuff really is more like a steroid than a SARM. So really, this is why, you know, you should, if you're a younger guy, you should not run S23. It's just, it's just really strong and it's very suppressive. One of the, the things that they did when they uh, were creating S23 is they wanted to make it an anti-fertility drug, anti-fertility hormone, again, anti-fertility, believe it or not. So, um, and that just shows you the reasoning behind it. And that shows you that if you use S23, it could affect your fertility. It could affect you getting really, really suppressed. So, you know, um, again, you know, with these, did it ended up, end up working? No, not yet. All these SARMs that we're talking about either are in trials or they've been abandoned by pharmaceutical companies. And then they've been hijacked by bodybuilders and fitness people to give us an advantage as PEDs, performance enhancing drugs, you see? So S23 is the same way. So I haven't seen enough evidence to strongly say just taking S23. A lot of people want to know this too who don't want kids are like, well, can I just take S23 and go raw dog a bunch of chicks and I don't have to worry <laughs> about getting them pregnant? 
I haven't seen enough evidence to say yes. So why don't want you guys try it out? You be the guinea pigs. Take S23, go raw dog 100 women, and then you can see how many uh, kids you're going to be on the hook for for child support for the next 18 years. Try that experiment. Or you can just go, person. yeah. Or just go get a fertility test and try it. You know, so yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guys, do I mean, that quite yet. Yeah, I wouldn't do that quite yeah. yet. So here's the thing, guys. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna try not to bump uh, Steve too much, but here's the thing, guys. Look, this happened with pro homo is going to happen with Psalms. Now, do we like Psalms? Yes, 100. Do not think that we don't like Psalms, even when I'm about to give you this warning. Right, so what happened with pro hormones some years ago when pro hormones first came out and they were legal? You could buy them over the counter. And the problem with that was that guys were going into supplement shops and gyms and buying pro-hormones because they could buy them quite legally, in their minds, they were safe. And what that meant was teenagers and young guys and young girls that should not have been using pro-hormones were using pro-hormones, and some of those pro-hormones were the same as steroids. Absolutely. Super Joel's the classic example, Steve. Quite legal, over-the-counter, zero problems to buy and to use but it came with the same side effects as using steroids. So S23 is a great example. Now, there's a bunch of signs we just listed that we love them. MK67, I love. Steve's used GW. Steve's used some of these other signs, and they're absolutely amazing. And our response to them, because we've been fully informed and we know exactly what the situation is and the reason why we're using them and the benefits and the potential for side effects, we've made sure that we know exactly what the situation is. There's an, an, an idea sometimes with psalms that because of how they are sold, because of their availability, that they are safe. Let me make sure, like an example of S23. I've never heard of a single problem or an example with GW, not one. Not, not with thousands of users, not with hundreds of thousands of members on some of the forums that Steve and I are involved in, not one. But S23 should be considered to be steroidal in its nature. And especially, as Steve said, if you're a young person, he goes, well, it's a psalm, and psalms don't suppress me in the same way that we call minimally suppressive. That still means they suppress you. S23 is far more suppressive than most of the other psalms, and therefore, as Steve said, was considered to stop you having children. Now, it didn't get used for that, so it's not completely effective in that particular way. And there might have been other issues that made them withdraw it from that particular idea. But if you're a young person thinking because it's on the Psalms list and I think Psalms are safer than steroids, I'm not going to have any side effects, you'd be wrong. And that's another reason, again, why Dylan and why I repeated what Dylan had to say, which is he says you shouldn't be used if you're a younger person and you need to be aware of these things. I'll also touch on something else. Literally in the last couple of days, but I didn't realize the news was actually a couple of weeks old when I saw it, the FDA have issued warnings and they were particularly aiming those warnings, Steve, Funny enough, not up users like you and I, with experience, with knowledge, with with an idea, making sure that we do our research, but specifically at the uh, teenagers being able to get hold of someone's debit card, go online, buy Psalms, and use them. And the FDA put out warnings that they're saying you shouldn't be using it at your age. That was number one. You should be aware, fully aware, that quite often we're talking about research chemicals here, and specifically that there are some amazing benefits like the ones we discussed, you also need to be aware that there is a huge potential in especially teenagers, Steve. I think this is a big thing. I'll let you touch on this as well. If you're 17, 18 years of age, trust me, guys, because we're older and we're not 17 or 18, we know how we fought then. And we know that if we were crazy into training, which I was when I was 15, and I think Steve was when he was 15, 
accessibility to Psalms, which we didn't have when we were that age, but was something that we'd have probably looked at. And again, I've been around enough older guys that think crazy stuff when it comes to performance-enhancing drugs. Never mind the availability uh, or ease of availability if I was a teenager for subs. So touch on that for a second, Steve, before we finish off. The idea of being a teenager and being able to get on, for example, with S23 and the way that teenagers think, how irresponsible we can be or would have been when you and I was that age. So SARMs are less suppressive than steroids, but they're still hormonal. They still cause some suppression. So I don't recommend you touch, um, you know, you touch SARMs before you get to a certain age. So 21 is a good number, you know, but at the end of the day, we're not your daddy. We're not going to tell you what to do. But if you're going to do it, make sure you do your research on this. And then, you know, one more SARM, we're going to talk about S4 androine, 50 milligrams a day. It's going to cause vision issues. That's probably the number one um, side effect that people report. So you'll get like a tinting to your to your eyes. But I like it. Um, again, week and a half into it, you can definitely tell tell a change. So you can run S4 androine with any of these SARMs too. So SARMs are very um, versatile. You can stack them. You can use them solo. You can use them with steroids. There's all kinds of ways to do them. You can use them with peptides, whatever you want to do. So check them out, learn more about them, come on our forums, ask questions, and make sure you're using a legitimate um, legitimate source. So Monster touched yeah. on the legitimate source things really quick before we take us in a disclaimer, because there's a lot of SARMs out there that are fake. There's a lot of assholes out there pushing fake SARMs. And making SARMs out to be something they're not. They make they 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 pretend that SARMs made them the way they look. And that's not what SARMs do. SARMs don't make you into like this huge Hulk, uh, Ronnie Coleman like yeah. physique. They are designed as a mild alternatives to steroids. So we're not going to sit here and tell you, you're going to gain 30 pounds on SARMs and turn into the next Ronnie Coleman. It's not, it's not the way it works. So why don't you yeah. touch on that for, for a minute? I will I'll touch on both of those points, Steve. I'll give you an example, guys. Uh, with, I mean, again, I'll bang that particular do your own research, jump to make sure even if you're listening to podcasts, you go away and check out the information we give you. As an example, guys will do psalm cycles. They'll either do a psalm stack, and we've got some great stacks out there for you. And they'll go, oh, I only gain three or four pounds of muscle. That's actually exactly the kind of amount of weight you should be gaining. S4 that Steve just touched upon. Guys will come online, I'm having issues with tinting to my vision. Yeah, that's a very well-known side effect. Why are you taking a drug, research drug, from a great source, and I'll touch on that in a minute, and not being aware that you might have a side effect like tinting vision, which is a pain in the ass if you're driving at night, for example, guys, if you're Uber, if you're driving trucks and delivering food to supermarkets in the three o'clock in the morning. You should know these things, and you should be aware of these things. You're using the performance-enhancing drugs because you want to bulk up, because you want to get stronger, because you want to aid recovery, you want to stipulate your appetite, you want to boost your immune system, all the great benefits that we've discussed. You should know these things. So you must look into it, look at the pluses, look at the minuses, look at the right dosing. And then finally, as Steve said, make sure that you use an approved source. Now we've talked about this on a bunch of other performance enhancing drugs uh, podcast. It's super, super important. The market for performance enhancing drugs, PDs, and I'm including Psalms on that particular list broadly, and the peptides as well, is great. It's a great market. Uh, there are occasionally, obviously, with anabolics, you can get them prescribed for medical reasons. And especially, again, if you're going to a life extension or life enhancement type clinics, 
for TRT. But for a lot of these other ones, we're using them for uh, under-the-counter, not over-the-counter reasons. And it is a giant pain in the ass if you're trying to buy products. And Steve and I have had this at least once or twice in our experience where we've brought product or been given product even, which has happened to me in the past, and it's been of no use whatsoever, or it's not what it says on the label. And this is especially true with peptides and just as true when it comes to SARMs. I felt I'd argue, Steve, in some ways it's easier to find great anabolic steroids than it is when it comes to peptides and SARMs. So, so what we want, as always, and this is a huge point of the forums and specifically IO in this example, Iron Overload, is that guys will come on after trusted source. So we will recommend companies that we've used ourselves. We will recommend companies that have up-to-date certificates of analysis. We will recommend companies that we have reps that we can contact, for example, with customer service issues, and so on and so forth. So make sure that you come online, ask us the right questions, and we will hook you up or point you in the right direction of what we consider to be a trusted and effective source that's going to sell you legitimate science. Please note, we are not doctors and the opinions are ours. It's our view and based on our experience of views on the topic and podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment apply.